0: Texas fan, Sooner Nation, welcome to episode 53 of the Boomer Bebo podcast, the only podcast exclusively dedicated to covering the greatest rivalry in college football, the University of Texas and the University of Oklahoma. I'm John Whitson. I'm here with my man, Kevin Miller. We're going to talk spring game from OU, do a little more spring game recap from Texas since last time. We're going to talk NFL draft, which is happening tomorrow as of this taping. But first, Aaron Rodgers to the New York Jets. Kevin, is he the savior of the New York Jets? Is he going to bring them back to Broadway Joe level prominence? And does he guarantee the win?
1: No, he does not. He absolutely does not guarantee the win. I don't think he was great last year. Now, look, he is still a massive improvement. Over Zach Wilson or anybody else they have at the position, but I don't guarantee them anything. But it's going to be fun to watch. Who
0: is more? Who is more drama? Aaron Rodgers or Zach Wilson's mom?
1: You know what? I got to go with Aaron Rodgers because I mean, she only had the one thing that I've heard about her. So oh, dude, she's got a ton of stuff. She's a real weirdo. She's a huge.
0: She's a huge weirdo. But I'll tell you what, um, I. I like it because I got so sick of hearing him at Green Bay. So maybe yeah. just the change of pace and the change of scenery will make him exciting uh, to watch again because I just kind of got, I don't know, bored. And he's not really a boring player, but I kind of got bored with it. I got kind of bored of Aaron Rodgers yeah. and the whole story and blah, blah, blah.
1: And it's funny because remember back in 2006, seven, every season, Brett Favre would take us to this thing. I don't know if I'm going to retire. I don't know if I'm going to do this. I don't know. If- Every year is this drama. Then there's footage of him throwing the high school kids in Mississippi while he decides what he wants to do. With all this drama. Well, somehow Aaron Rodgers has turned into Brett Favre. It's the exact same thing. Just, you know, 17, 18 years later. Pretty crazy.
0: How long did he have to play? How long did Favre play with the Jets?
1: I think he, know, he was win. only with the Jets for that one year, and then he ended up going Minnesota. It was a lot better for him there.
0: Holly. Well, he they could. one
1: bad throw away
0: from making the Super Bowl. Oh, I know. That was a heck of a game. Adrian Peterson, that would have been his shot at a Super Bowl, probably his best chance. Um, yeah, my guy
1: said Griffin's on that
0: team. Other news of note with a little tie into Oklahoma. Okay, a big tie into Oklahoma. Trey Young with the big time NBA uh, playoff win last night to beat the Boston Celtics, to stay alive in the East. Why does Oklahoma fan. Why does Oklahoma fan get so disinterested by Trey Young?
1: You're gonna have to answer that one for me, man. I don't know. Oh, Trey can be frustrating, though. The way he plays can be frustrating. Sometimes he takes too many of those thirty foot threes. His three point shooting percentage has not been very high this year. You know, remember when he came into the league? There were some Steph Curry comparisons with him because no, he's of not that 30. good this sure. year. Yeah, he's not. He's not. No, he's not. He, he shoots in the thirties from three, where Steph is over forty percent for his career. So I think that, and sometimes the way he turns the ball over, a little careless. He shows absolutely no effort at all defensively. So maybe that turns players so off so, or, or fans off. So.
0: so maybe maybe I didn't have to explain it to you because it sounds like you just explained it to me. I I know I think
1: you're. Well, absolutely see, right. I'm not an OU fan though. Well, I don't know how you know if why you guys feel that way. This is just me as a basketball fan. Because everything you just
0: described is exactly what occurred in his one year at Oklahoma, right? Yeah. Yes, the highlight shots were fantastic, and the good was so good, like it was so good. But the the defense, the uh, ineffective shooting, the turnovers—they were just they, they. We couldn't win ball. If you couldn't win ball games with who was believed to be at the time one of the best players in the country because he was, that was, his he, was. he was absolutely. Yeah. And he was, he was must see TV for ESPN. They love the Trey Young story, the whole deal, but it just, I don't know, man. He, he never endeared himself to Oklahoma fans. Largely, I think out of just not winning that year, he was here. And then in the NBA, it's just more of the same. You see it. And it, it kind of sucks though. Right. Because he's Norman kid, Norman high, uh, Norman North high, Committed to stay home. He could have gone anywhere. He could have yeah, gone to Kansas. Anywhere. Anywhere. He, he could have gone anywhere he wanted to go. And to stay at Oklahoma should have just earned him all of our admiration. And it didn't. Does Texas have a player like this in either basketball or football where he, he he's a good player, recognized as a good player, but just really doesn't hold the heartstrings of the Texas fan base? I mean, the
1: biggest – the first person I thought of when you said that was Chris Sims. Back in the day? Yeah. You said that Chris you know, Sims. Now he was never a star in the NFL like Trey. Like Trey, for all his faults, he is a perennial all star, right? But Chris Uh-oh. Sims was never that good. But there's always just a weird disconnect. Well, you, said, fans, that,
0: you so. said Chris Sims doesn't even come back to games, right? He doesn't come back to no. spring games or anything, right? No.
1: Uh-uh. I haven't seen or heard of Chris Sims being in Austin since you left. Guys- now he did go out to the Rose Bowl for the national championship game against Alabama after the 09 season. I saw him out there, but um haven't seen him. Maybe he has been, but I don't remember it.
0: But you know, but okay, so but even even with all of that, for the people that are listening, maybe outside of the local Norman area, Trey Young gives back to the local community. He's always back in Oklahoma. He's got a Trey Young um athletic center being built. Um that is massive, by the way. Oh, it's it's ginormous, dude. And so it's like he does all the right things and says all the right things, but it just comes off in a really weird way. And, like, even when he makes a shot against the Celtics, instead of being like, oh, man, like Oklahoma fans saying to each other, oh, did you see Trey's shot yesterday? It's more like, eh, yeah, yeah, I saw it.
1: Okay. And it's just so, weird listen. to me. After all this that we're saying, he is a bright lights performer. Right. He he does some pretty big things, some big moments. He did it last year um against the Knicks in the playoffs, or was that two years ago against the Knicks in Madison Square Garden? So it's fun to watch. If he can just be more consistent and show more effort defensively, I mean I think he'd be one of the best players in the NBA.
0: Um they're not beating Boston, so I don't think it matters, but maybe next year. Do you think they're well, trading him? Is it
1: Boston should have closed the out last night and they gave him a chance. All this does is wear them down because they gotta play Philly next round.
0: Oh, that's gonna to be tough. Does Atlanta club, does uh does Atlanta trade Trey Young?
1: Yeah? You know, I, I've heard that. I've heard whispers about that. I don't know, man. I mean, a change of scenery may be good for him and for them.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, the, the potential said guy averages what, 26
1: a game.
0: You know? I think sometimes yeah. I think sometimes if you're a um a team that that doesn't have a great identity or culture of winning Yeah, that maybe you just need to like ride your all-stars as long as possible. I mean, they had Dominique Wilkins for all those years and you never thought they were going to win the East, but you always knew they had Dominique Wilkins, you know, like that was their deal. And, and it was a very effective way to identify their team and all of that. And I think sometimes some of these teams that, you know what, Atlanta, you're never winning. Like, I don't, you know what I mean? just, Embrace the fact that you have a, a pretty exciting player and don't trade him away, especially in conference like the Knicks or something like that.
1: Correct. But I mean, they, they did trade away Dominique Wilkins,
0: just so you know. At the very end,
1: though. Where did he go at the end? The Clippers? He ended up on the Spurs for a little bit, too, at the end. Do you remember that? You remember that? Uh, something like that?
0: God, maybe. Um, But you remember, okay, can we name, uh, remember Dominique Wilkins' brother? Yes. Was
1: it um Stacey? No. Stacey Wilkins? Something nope. close to that. Nope. Gerald. 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 Yeah, absolutely. Gerald Wilkins.
0: Yeah, the lesser the lesser talented of the Wilkins brothers. Anyway, I don't know. Trey Young is just a weird sooner. We should embrace him more, I guess. I don't know what should means. You would think he'd be embraced more. He's not. It's weird.
1: Well, but, it's hard, man, because, like, it's like when Texas had Kevin Durant. You have this all-time great player, and then you lose in the second round of the tournament, you know? It just would have been nice to see, same with Trey, it would have been nice to see them go on a, at least a sweet 16 run. If I'm not, if good. I'm
0: remembering correctly, we lost to Rhode Island in overtime in the first, in the first uh, round, right? and I think we were the first game, like, I think oh, okay. we were like, I think yeah. we were like an eleven zero eight kick 8 uh, tip-off against Rhode Island. That's the worst, man. You're just out of there like that. Oh, I was at a sports bar. I was done by two. Um, All right. Shifting gears to the Oklahoma spring game. Kevin, I took some time. I um actually listened to most of it when it was happening on the radio because I was driving back from a Tulsa soccer game. Um, So I rewatched it today just to kind of confirm what I had heard, right? So I could say, so I could talk about it a little more, but I also just wanted, like I had these thoughts in my mind about what I thought was really cool about the game and who I thought showed out. And then I watched it and it, it really did verify it. Um, the dudes that showed out that really popped the three transfers, Rondell Bothroyd, Reggie Pearson and Deshaun McCullough. Those three guys are dudes. I mean, they are the real freaking deal and they are I don't know. Is it hyperbole to say they're already the best three defensive players
1: on our team? I wouldn't think so. I mean, you you still have Billy Bowman back there at safety. You have Billy Bowman. You got Billy. You're right.
0: You do have Billy Bowman. But, like, I mean, I'm just telling you, dude, McCullough was all over
1: the field. He was all over the field. Pearson. How long have we been talking about this? Since the moment the transfer portal opened and he was a name who was linked to OU. I told him, if he comes to OU, you should be excited. You hear that he came from Indiana. You're like, oh, Indiana? Like, No, no, this guy was committed to Ohio State for almost a year. The only reason he went to Indiana because his dad was on the coaching staff. He could have gone to Georgia, Alabama, USC, any school in the country. He
0: physically looks like he's an Alabama player. Yeah. Okay? We all have this... I mean, for better or worse, I know that we're Oklahoma and we're Texas, and we don't take second place to anybody. Blah, it doesn't matter. Alabama's been the standard for the last fifteen years. We just come on. He, especially on the defensive side of the ball, he looks like he should be in an Alabama uniform, and yeah, I mean that as a compliment. Yeah, he is tall and strong and big and always attacking. I, I, I mean, you to be able to see it. I, I don't know if this is an overreaction. Maybe it is. People might, you know, tweet us or put it in the comments. It's an overreaction. I don't think it is. Then you got Pearson and then you got Bothroyd. Who I got to tell you, we talked about this on the last episode. Um, It it made Ethan Downs a complete afterthought. Like I didn't even think about Ethan Downs on the defensive line. Once I saw Bothroyd out there, I'm like, I don't even want to see 40 out there. Those are two. Those two dudes are on the complete opposite spectrum of talent right now. And it was a lot of fun. Um, It was a lot of fun to see that. Kevin, yeah. I don't know if you I don't know if you know this, but you have lost your video. So if you're watching there he is. Nobody yeah. wants I'm nobody serious. wants nobody wants to lose Kevin Miller's video. They're not they're not watch,
1: they're no, here okay.
0: watching You know, we'll yeah, hear like that. I mean, am I did I am I wrong that those three guys were just absolute studs?
1: No, I thought they were great. I, I thought they were great. I re- you know I've been talking about them cover for months now, right? And Pearson, I mean, if you is a huge impact player. The OU game against Texas Tech last year, we saw him how physical he was, and also he was the one who stripped the ball from Bijan Robinson in overtime when uh, Tech played when Texas played at Tech. And remember that game went to overtime. He gets the ball. was the one who stripped him, which led to the game winning field goal for Tech. I guess
0: Pearson wasn't the best defensive player on Tech's team. I've said that now for a while. But he was the best returning defensive player on their team, right? I guess the kid that's oh, right, player. yeah. Tyler Wilson, yeah. Yeah, the that defensive was the end talent. was the best player. But I'm telling you what, man, this Pearson kid, these guys were flying around. And I say that to say this is this is how you want to utilize the transfer portal, right? You have a need on the defensive side of the ball, you have a need at secondary and a need in um at that cheetah position. Dude, they went, I mean, they they filled those holes. And there's other needs, obviously, with Stogner and all that stuff. But defensively, it was great. Jackson Arnold, um, he looked good. I thought he's when he when he had a little bit of time. I thought he slung the ball around fine. Um, it would have been interesting to see him with the one offensive line a little more.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, look, he's a number two quarterback, right? So you need to play with the number two. You're playing against the number ones half the time. The offensive line can't protect. I know he had that run. People say it was a touchdown. I I think he would have got stopped early. But either way, on that run though, you know, wouldn't have been a touchdown. You can see the athleticism, right?
0: Yeah, I like the athleticism. He looked when he did have a little bit of time. I thought he looked really comfortable swinging the ball around. I just Dylan Gabriel
1: looked about like Dylan Gabriel. Like I don't know. He's
0: just eh. That's yeah.
1: Listen, at this point, Dylan Gabriel just is who he is, right? And I think he's a very good college football quarterback. Now, I don't know if he's a guy that can say, hey, everybody, jump on my back and I'll carry you to the finish line. Um, I think Kyler was like that. Baker was too. To a lesser extent, Jalen Hurts. But I don't think Dylan Gabriel was that. But as long as he has the weapons around him, I think I he'll be like, a really good, good player. I feel like Jalen Hurts
0: is more, more, more that in the pros than he ever was at Oklahoma. He
1: really is. But, you know, I will say... When he got to I – mean, we talked about this before, right? But when he got to Oklahoma, I don't think he was even a draftable player. And then he leaves after one year as a second-round pick. It's, I, it's a great story, man. Well, I continue to hear the rumors that Tanner Mordecai had him
0: beat out, but he got hurt. Really? I, You know, I don't know what that means. I don't know. To, yeah. I mean, we saw Mordecai have, you know, some good seasons since. But um, I don't think there's – there's not a quarterback battle um, – uh not like there is one at Texas, but if we were to lose a game on this weak ass schedule, then I think there's a quarterback battle. I think I think you'd literally hear Oklahoma fans call for a change of quarterback the minute we lost a game.
1: Even if it had nothing
0: to do with him. What I don't if, think I don't think if he throw threw five, I don't game. think he could throw five touchdowns if we lost on his schedule that they would call. Now, would the does that mean the coaches would do anything about it? Probably not. But I just think – I think that Dylan Gabriel is fine as long as we win. Like, as long as we
1: win, it's good. Now, so you do one game, not even, like, the season's, you know, like lose two games.
0: Dude, you and I, we, you and I talked about the schedule yesterday just in conversation. The schedule's weak. Like, it's terrible. Yeah. And so uh, one loss effectively eliminates Oklahoma from any kind of playoff consideration. I really believe that because their strength of schedule is just going to be terrible. And so – we're gonna consider it a lost season if we lose one game, and maybe, maybe not the Texas game. Okay, maybe that's the only one. That's the hardest game on the schedule. Maybe not the Texas game, but every other game, if we were to lose it, we would be like, you know what, season's over. Let's see Jackson Arnold. I believe that, dude. I really, really do.
1: Yeah. Well, I think if I'm gonna know you, if I was know you fan, I wouldn't want to rush him out there. You know, I think he's going to play regardless, no matter how good. Dylan Gabriel looks Jackson Arnold will play. There's not going to be a red shirt for him this year. I just don't see that. But I think Gabriel would have to really be in some trouble throwing interceptions, just missing on throws, which we did see from him last year. Right? He did miss on a few throws, and some big
0: moments. Well, I thought he missed. I thought he missed a little bit in the game. So speaking of interceptions, that brings us to the other true freshman um, opposite Jackson Arnold and Peyton Bowen. Great interception. That um, oh, was incredible. Taking, taking, taking his taking advantage of his opportunities. I mean, put it, you know, it's the play the playmakers are what we need in that defensive backfield, right? It's just you not hope even, to
1: see a, a wide receiver track a ball like that. Uh, absolutely, you and hope then, for your wide receiver track a ball like that. And, and, the, and the, the way ball. he
0: put, and the way he positioned, Andrell Anthony out on that was perfect yeah. coverage. Like he mm-hmm. he literally bodied him off the ball, um, which was really great to see. So I I was excited for Bowen, but it, you know. That's the problem with these stupid spring games, though, right? Is like, yeah. was it a was it a great interception or a bad throw? I still contend Did the receiver think, not fight for the ball? Yes, you know, yeah. You hear that. But at the, the same team. time, Anthony's supposed to be your speedster, and you you basically he underthrew him. Like throw the ball out there, like let him run past Peyton Bone.
1: So, what do you think so, this means for the OU defense going forward? What kind of improvement do you expect? You expect to see some? Improvement, monumental improvement. I mean, we um, came back at last year. You're in the 100s in pretty much every category. Stop in the run, stop in the pass,
0: points allowed, everything. I think similar to Texas last year, we should be in the top 25 or 30 in defense, okay. total defense. Um, if, no, if nothing else, because of our schedule, um, again, it's just it's 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 just there for the taking. Number. The other thing is, I mean, you're adding. So if you have 11 starters. And three of those guys are top level D1 talent, which Bothroyd, Pearson, and McCullough are. I mean, you know, you're getting rid of guys
1: like Oh no, I think Stutzman's good. No,
0: I think listen, I think Stutz Stutzman and Kanick are great, are really, really good, solid in the middle line. I really, really do. I think they're good. I like can I think I'm gonna I think Canick will eventually be an improvement over Guaybu. I don't know if that'll happen in on week one, but I think Kanik is going to be an improvement over Guaybu. Okay. Right. I'm, I just, the guy seems to be a little more in it, you know, but because he, he made some good plays too. But for me, like when I think about the defense, um, I, I kind of think about two areas, like the position group that I'm excited about and the position group that makes me nervous to say that I'm, the position group I'm excited about on the entire team is the secondary. I mean that says a lot about where I think the the defense is coming, you know, since last year. Yeah. Right. Because mm-hmm. now, just think about these guys. McCullough is in the cheetah position. I guess you consider him secondary because he's drops back in a lot of pass coverage.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, he's vo- really, whatever we do, can- everything kind of position, right? You rush, you drop, you you know.
0: Yeah. So whatever um, we call. Whatever we call him, I think you can safely say McCullough is in the secondary. And then you got Pearson at strong safety, I think. Yeah. You got Peyton Bowen at free safety. But then as soon as I wrote that down, I forgot Bowman didn't play because Bowman was hurt. And I'm like, oh, well, wait a minute. You got Bowman at free safety. So where's that guy going in? And then I started looking at all the corners. And you got Woody Washington, I think, pretty much has one side locked down. But on the other side you've got Jachry Williams, uh, Spears Jennings, Damon Harmon, Josiah Wagner. I mean, you got a lot of dudes. Yeah. I guess I'm a little nervous about the backside corner, but I mean, we didn't even talk about Harrington. Like Harrington hasn't even made the starting and Keith Lawrence, those are two dudes that had a lot of playing time last year and I'm not I don't think they're going to be starters this year. At least not full-time all 12 game starters
1: you got depth. I mean, this makes such a huge difference from last year. The talent level is completely elevated. So, yeah. Well, I mean, if you got McCullough, Pearson, Bowen, and
0: Bowman, just those four in some combination out on the field or three out of the four or whatever, just in those, those are four newcomers. You've added four playmakers, four ball hawks, four dudes that will hit, four dudes that will do all the things that Justin Broyles last year would do. Um, even uh, as much as we like Deshaun White, I think McCullough is a, I think monumental. He's a monumental improvement over Deshaun White. I, I think Deshaun White was fine, but let's not forget this team went 6-7, and seven, right? H- how fine were they, you know? So to have that improvement, man, I'm excited about it. On the flip side, you've been quizzing me for the last two or three episodes about the wide receivers. I, I started to feel a little pain when I watched that game and listened to it on the wide receivers. Farouk didn't really show out like I hoped he would. Um Andrel Anthony, I, I don't know. They gave a lot of passes to Stoops and Freeman, but no no big passes. Um Jaden Gibson still still looks lost to me. Um I don't know, man. I'm ner- and but we do have your transfer, Brandon Thompson. But again, I don't know that he's a dude that we're expecting to come in and be a number one. Yeah, receiver. No, that's,
1: that's one thing about with him. You know, I don't know how ready he is to contribute. I mean, he can run a go-route. You can get into him in screens, get him in space, because he's so fast. But we'll see. Yeah, that's the... I, mean, I think for me, that, that was my like, biggest concern, on the entire roster. And you know what it has been cause I've literally been asking
0: for the last two months. But he's not... He But Brandon Thompson, we, we talked, you know, it, it, it sounds like the safest statement about Brandon Thompson is we've added the fastest player on our team. Correct. Okay, and great uh, speed. You know, you can't coach speed, right? I mean, that's what they say anyway. So we'll see where he fits in. But I just—he's not just a lockdown number one receiver. And Farouk, I, I hope he is. I think he could be, but he didn't look like it on uh, on Saturday. So I, I don't know. Um, we'll see. Uh, moving on uh, to the University of Texas, we talked about your spring game last time, if I recall. Yeah, but, we, but in the same. Or did we, have we not done a review? We've done a review. We did a review, didn't we?
1: No, we did a preview. Our oh, Last nice. episode was two days before Texas spring game.
0: Oh, very nice. Okay. Well, break it down for me, Kevin Miller.
1: Let's go. All right, man. Well, when he thought he looked pretty good out there. I think he showed that he had a bit more command of the offense. He looked a little bit more comfortable than he did at any point last season. Obviously, it's a spring game, right? It's I try not to get too caught up in the spring game, good or bad, because at the end of the day, it's a glorified practice, 1-15. of 15. But far but we only see what we see, right? This is all that we see. So I thought he looked comfortable out there. I thought he spread the ball around uh, to the receivers. So, yeah, I thought he had a, um, a pretty good showing. Texas didn't put out an official stat sheet uh, for theirs, but for what I show, I show yours was... 16 of 23 for 195 yards and a touchdown. So he looked pretty good. Um, the running game, which obviously used two running backs, Bijan, historically good back, and then Roshan, was a very good back, too. So you kind of had a running back by committee going. Uh, Jaden Blue, red shirt freshman out of Houston, 10 carries for 52 yards and a touchdown. He had a big run. Um, the freshman, Cedric Baxter, who we talked about on here, um, Five-star guy out of Florida, um, really couldn't get going. He was going up against this, the first-team defense, playing the second team. Eleven carries for twenty-eight yards, so not a lot of room for him. So, uh, receiving AD Mitchell, transfer out of Georgia, um, who's kind of the big play guy, six-foot-four, kind of what Texas has been needing. Uh, six catches for fifty-eight yards, kind of with a circus, one-hand, one-handed catch for a touchdown. The throw from Ewers. I thought the, the throw was going out of the back of the end zone. He jumped up, snatched it down with one hand. So uh, it was exciting to see him. Jordan Whittington, who he looked like was gonna go to the NFL, but he decided to come back, at five catches for 59 yards. He looked good. Xavier Worthy four catches for three yards. So all in all the passing game with uh, Ewers first team offense looked pretty good. So
0: on your speak on your uh on your second team though, did Malik? Pass, Arch. And did Malik secure the backup role? With you know boards? what? I don't
1: know it's if weird. Good, but he looked really good. And here's the thing. This is the first time we've ever seen him fight, right? He was a freshman last year. He was injured almost the entire season. This is his first spring. So, it's the first time we've ever seen him in a Texas uniform on the field. So, man, he looked really good. Um, he's a big kid, you know, 6'4", 235 pounds, with a really strong arm. So yeah, he made a couple of really nice deep throws. No nope, he dude, looked listen, good. Listen, dude, Twitter was
0: going crazy for him. Um, and that that's awesome for him, but what does that do to the psyche of your backup quarterback? And is there any threat to Quinn yours from Malik Murphy?
1: I don't think so. No. No, I don't think he has enough experience yet. He's still a year behind in the offense. So man, I, I just don't see it. I don't see anybody but Quinn. Starting for Texas this year. Who
0: is the backup? At least, okay. I won't put you on the spot for day one, but who is the backup
1: going into camp? Oh, believe Murphy is. Really? Okay. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. And I'm fine with that. I've been telling you this. You don't understand. This is gonna be a quarterback controversy. i already named Quinn the starter after the spring game. It's safe to say that Quinn was gonna be our starting quarterback. Yes. First of all, Arch, I have no idea what Arch can do because Arch was playing, Jackson Arnold was playing against the second team defense. Or, I mean, he was playing for the second team. Arch was playing with the third team. He was out there with walk-ons. His first pass was to a guy I literally have never heard of. He didn't look great, though, right? You you No, he didn't. Oh, yeah, of course. But, I mean, I don't, it was, his performance was very similar to Jackson Arnold, except for when Jackson Arnold came in and played with the first team on that last drive. He looked really good playing with the ones. Yeah. You saw Arch playing on the third team, playing against the first team defense. I think every time he dropped back, he got sacked probably five times. He had literally yeah. no time at all. He ended up five. And most of the – I think it was five or 13 uh, throwing the ball. Let's see. No, I, I don't think you can take too much away
0: from that for Arch. Yeah. Uh, but I, I find the Malik Murphy really fascinating. Because everything has been Quinn and Arch, at least from an Oklahoma perspective on Oklahoma oh, radio. No no, no,
1: no, it's been like that for Texas fans even.
0: So to add Malik Murphy back into the mix, I, I don't know, man. I just think it. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's going to make put some pressure on Quinn. Maybe he's going to you know cause him to tighten
1: up. Well, first of all, I, you know, I think Quinn needs pressure because you think, he, oh, he, you think he's he too comfortable. Had. You think he's too comfortable. Here's here's the thing with Quinn. Remember. He hasn't played football before last year. He played like six games his junior year, hadn't played since. He came in. Everything he does, he just looks so, you know, kind of casual doing it. I think he needs pressure. I think he needs to be pushed. Okay. You know, and from from everything I'm hearing, behind the scenes, Song cut his hair, apparently changed his diet, he looks better. Right? He looks better. Apparently he's been working hard, digging into the playbook. Again, none of this will matter until the actual game starts. But from behind the scenes, I think the arrival of Archman and then the emergence of Malik Murphy is causing Ewers to step up his game. That's exactly what he needs to do. That's exactly what he has to do.
0: Yeah, I think he does, man, because uh, the problem is you play Alabama in game two. Yeah. Now, um, what's interesting is Alabama doesn't have Bryce Young they don't have Bryce young they don't and if they didn't have Bryce young last year y'all win that game you should have won the game anyway
1: maybe in right? spite of that, yeah but he made some he made don't have that, to watch the highlights of that game oh so no I, I don't to. have to in if the fourth was, I, I watched him again recently and i'm like oh my god
0: no no in the fourth in the fourth, in the fourth quarter you were reminded why he was the defending Heisman trophy winner like he right. absolutely was the best player on the field in the fourth quarter and if they didn't have him I mean, y'all win that game. And so it makes me – now you're playing at Alabama. It makes me think to – you know, my goodness, does Texas have a chance? Like last year, everybody said no chance. You went, you lose by one or whatever. It was a 20-point point spread last year. This year, what do you think? I mean, are you – do you think you when you roll in with a two-year Quinn at starter, healthy for the entire game, Malik in the backup role, and, and now you've added some playmakers, that you have a legit shot at beating Alabama in Bama?
1: I think there's a, a small chance, right? It's still Alabama, right? They're still going to have dudes everywhere. Now, from what I'm hearing on Alabama is they are, they're not happy with their quarterbacks. Saban is not happy with their quarterbacks. I, he, I heard he was shopping on the portal. Yeah, I heard he was trying to bring in the um, Notre Dame uh, quarterback, hit the portal. So I'm hearing they might give him the locker- Wait, Which Notre Dame quarterback? Not the one that started for him last year. I, you know, I think it was one of the guys who started a few games for him last year. Not the big, not the big bulky kid. Yeah, Tyler. Is it Tyler, Tyler Buckner? Tyler yeah. Buckner. I was not impressed. Andy I was, was not Yeah, Tyler. Yeah, me neither. Me neither. But yeah, they said. Is this him? is in
0: him. I don't think that's. him. Yeah.
1: I don't. Th- I think that's a Buckner. different guy. number twelve. Okay.
0: No, that's a different guy. That's not the one that oh, I right. wasn't impressed with. Okay. Yeah. So this guy.
1: Notre Dame also, they got in Sam Hartman, who was a Wake Forest starting quarterback last year. He's now in Notre Dame, so these two guys were competing. Well, after spring, Tyler Bugner entered the transfer portal. I thought he entered the portal because he thought he was going to lose a job. And maybe he is, but I'm here. He's being hosted by Alabama. He's in Alabama today. It, who, where did Tommy Reese go as the OC? Alabama. Man, I, I, I
0: Listen, that's fine, but I did not. I mean, I did not love Notre Dame's offense last year. I just I was to that. I can't stand their team was not good at all. It was almost unwatchable. Well, I mean, it, it was rough. Let's not forget how bad they were. And so, like, if this Butner kid couldn't even secure the starting spot at Notre Dame on a on a on a, a very average Notre Dame team, how can that be the guy that Alabama is chasing? My, my hey, point they, in all of this yeah. is. My point in all of this is. You're well-positioned. You're well-positioned for – it. Um, you know, it's a little – it's not reminiscent, but didn't you – it's a little reminiscent to Oklahoma and Ohio State, right? We, you know, we get beat by Ohio State at home, but then the next year we go up there and then we beat them and everybody's surprised. Yeah, it was a great game. I was there. It was fantastic. Uh, best road trip ever. But, but my point being – Nobody picked us to win. Yeah. Nobody picked us yeah. to win. And I and I don't think anybody's going to pick
1: of, um, Texas to win. But no. Know, man. No one's going to pick Texas to win. I will say it is good to get them early because they're very unsettled at the quarterback position. And they likely still will be in week two. They've got Jalen Melrose, kid out of Houston, was one-time Texas commit under Herman, flipped to Alabama. And then they've got the kid Ty Simpson, who's a uh, – uh, five-star freshman, but I believe I – I didn't see the spring game, but I heard there was a lot of turnovers by both quarterbacks.
0: Um, on the defensive side of the ball for Texas, uh, any players that popped that we that we haven't talked about or anybody you just want to mention so that OU fan has an eye on them?
1: Yeah, I do. The freshman linebacker, Anthony Hill, we talked about him. as a five-star kid out of Denton Ryan. Denton you know, Ryan is a, is a factory right? Listen, no doubt. <laughs> we both got dudes from Denton Ryan out of the team. Right, um, five-star linebacker. They use him as a uh, situational pass rusher, kind of like um, I don't know if you watched LSU play at all last year. But they had a freshman linebacker by the name of Harold Perkins. He's out of the Houston area, He's a five-star kid. He gets to LSU, and I think he had like, ten sacks or something last year as a true freshman, as a rusher at linebacker. So they uh, basically been using, so what,
0: you, what so they basically took out any need to have to read or adjust um, to the play. You have one job. Go get the quarterback.
1: Exactly. See why well, I have ball. Like you talked about wanting from, uh, from your defense. Yes. On that, on last yeah. Yeah. Yes. So they unleashed him a bit and he was getting pressure. I mean, they had running back stepping off the block on, I mean, he's just throwing on the side. So he's an exciting one to watch. Um, I will say this though, you know, I'm a little bit concerned about the overall depth at linebacker for Texas, but he is a bright spot. And of course, Jalen Ford, the other linebacker, was all thirteen All American last year. But you lose overshone, yeah.
0: right? Is he is he stepping yeah, exactly. into is he stepping into Overshown? Is he the starter? Is he the day one starter? I don't know
1: if he's president? gonna be the. I don't know if he's gonna be the starter. I think we'll see how quickly he can learn the defense because he just can't unleash on- every single play, right? Right? Because right. he's gonna be in that position, but he's gonna be a guy who plays a lot. I mean, I think he'll be in on the first drive first game so he might not be a starter he's gonna be a guy that's gonna be out there a lot because he's just different anybody
0: anybody in the secondary
1: you know in the secondary brian watson was there last year he's a tall 6'3 corner yeah he was there last year um he looks good i think he's gonna have a great season um he was probably the best guy i saw out there uh in the secondary so also um up front um Ethan Burke, the Westlake kid, defensive end, was actually committed to Michigan to play football on lacrosse at Michigan. Texas was able to flip them before signing day. Um, he looked good out there too. So I'm looking forward to seeing what uh what he can do.
0: Lacrosse is always a really weird sport for me to watch. Um yeah. I want to I want to try to appreciate it as a sport because I I understand that people play it and it's like a big thing and it's a deal like in certain pockets of the country. And, you know, like soccer, even though I, you know, I'm an American football fan, I try to appreciate soccer, you know, and I think I I think I've gotten to the point where I appreciate it now and can understand uh, some of the nuance of what makes the game unique and special. But like for lacrosse, I feel like it's a lot of, it's a lot of one guy running around with the ball, like in his net in his stick. Like, there yeah. rarely looks like there's any ball movement or it's like he runs around and around and around and around and shoots.
1: Yeah. But the fact that they can pass that thing so far when they do throw and catch it in that little thing is pretty pretty yeah. impressive, man.
0: Uh, yeah, but I think they should pass it more is what I'm saying. Like, they, okay. they don't seem to have a lot of ball movement. But they should do it's, like soccer. Or yes. Basketball. Or basketball, right? It just, yeah. it seems like it's Give it to the fast guy. He runs around and around, and he can go behind the goal, which I always think is kind of weird. But that's fine. He goes behind the goal, and then he just slings it in. And I right. don't
1: know. I'm never really. Well, I mean, you know, they, it gets to that part of the year where they have the tournament, so it's kind of on that slow part of the year on uh, ESPN. Yeah. watching you, you always find yourself watching a few minutes of it, and that's about it. So let me tell you, this. <laughs>
0: I would rather watch Ultimate Frisbee than lacrosse.
1: I can see What's that. that
0: let that sink yeah. you know they're moving the ball yeah they're making plays you can't do it on your own you have to throw it
1: yeah
0: who would you know i think that's a great sport i wish oklahoma and texas had club maybe they do i don't know texas maybe. texas you think they got a club team I I know. Know. yeah man oh
1: what's I, don't, I don't know man so yeah i'm sure he was pretty proud of this sport a couple more names though man Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. on is what this is T. what
0: happens. This is what happens sometimes when you start talking about Texas defense. It Just kind of goes, you know. But I'm I'm here for it. Go ahead. Because really? shutout looked
1: pretty good last year. <laughs> you <Yeah. laughs>
0: know, yeah, when you run when you run a tight end at quarterback, you should shut us out. But go ahead. Hey,
1: that game plan, man. That was terrible. We got to so find bad. out about that one day. So bad, John T. Cook, man. Five-star freshman receiver. He's, he's built very similar to Xavier Worthy. He had three catches for eighty-seven yards on the touchdown. Had a big sixty-five-yard uh, touchdown throw from Malik Murphy. So he's one to look out for this year. And uh, on defense, he's been here for a while with um, Byron Murphy. Uh, yeah. defense tackle. I think he's going to have a great season too. So real it's quick cool. on your Same receiver year.
0: on your receivers, is it going to be Worthy? And the transfer from Georgia and the kids you just mentioned are those your three? No, um the three is going to be worthy.
1: The kid from Georgia, A.D. Mitchell, and um, Jordan Wittington's back.
0: Oh, four. yeah,
1: yeah, I forgot. Yeah. Okay, uh, gonna, you will see a lot of John T. Cook, and also they have another freshman named DeAndre Moore um, out of California, who played a little bit five catches for 44 yards in the spring game, dropped the, which he dropped what would have been a uh, long touchdown pass from Malik Murphy. So. He's got some skills too, so we're looking forward to that. So, um, receiver is definitely the position I'm most excited for with the entire team. Which year.
0: which position freaks you out? Like your um, of- the depth, at, the depth at linebacker.
1: Well, there's really two: the depth at linebacker. I think starting will be okay. Well, whoever replaces Overshawn, it could be we got a guy named David Bender who's been around for a couple of years, but he's never started. We'll have him. And then, of course, we'll have Anthony Hill, too. But so the depth overall, I'm still not sure about that. And then I'm still a little bit unsure about the interior of the offensive line. I like our tackles. I thought we were bringing everybody back. We are bringing everybody back. But, you know, our center, Jake Majors, he has has a lot of penalties, man. Weird snap infractions, things like that. You know, those pre snap penalties, man, the drive killers. You guys had several goals last year. Yes. Or you get some momentum going. It's first down. You you know you're trying to run a hurry up. But then you get a false start or a snap infraction. Then it's all it slows down. So that that's I got a little bit of concern there. It's not a panic yet. It's nowhere near a panic. It's just a little bit of concern. Got some things we got to clean up.
0: Um, tomorrow, as of this recording, Thursday, April twenty seventh, will be the first round of the NFL draft. Does B. John Robinson go in the top 10 of the draft?
1: You know what? I think he should go in the top 10, but you just never know with NFL teams when it comes to running back. They have completely devalued the position, which I personally don't understand. But they devalued the position. But if there's anybody who can go in the first round, it's him, right? Is it, I mean, have we seen a better running back since Saquon Barkley? Well,
0: no, he's, there hasn't been two things number one my, to, back to my question is does he go in the top 10 i i think the perfect landing spot for him is philadelphia ten i mean i just perfect. that offense jalen hurts everything they want to try to do there i think that's really really good for him number two back to your point though that you made about the devaluing of the running back you know what's so interesting is i agree that they've devalued the running back but they've really more devalued the running back even more so on the second contract. Yeah. Okay. So if you can get it, if you can get a good running back, like a star running back in the first round and you run him for the next three or four or five years, however long you have him for his rookie deal. And then you let him go. Like, why wouldn't you do that? Yeah, like, I is. know, I know somebody in the top 10 is going to make money. He's not going to make as much money as he is on a second contract. So get the right. value for him and then let somebody else have him after he's had three or four years. Yeah, like the
1: Cowboys, they cut Zeke Elliott this year. Exactly. That's Do you think exactly that was a waste right. of time? No, he had a great career. His first two years in the league, he led the NFL in rushing. Yeah, I don't
0: know why you wouldn't, I don't know why you wouldn't want to capture that talent at, at its peak, right? If we all agree that running backs have a very short shelf life, then capture some of that at its peak. Now, listen, if you've got needs along the offensive line or the defensive line and all those dudes are there. I I get it. And quarterbacks are always going to be more heavily weighted and blah, blah, blah. But I'm just saying when you get a talent like Saquon Barkley, like he has single handedly held the giants together as a franchise for the last four or five years. Like if he had any kind of support offensively and they, and they did better this year, but if he had any kind of support, I mean, can you imagine how good he would have been? So you to take a team like Philadelphia or, um, I don't even know who else is picking the top 10. Let me see. But um yeah, even like the Bears. I mean, I know they're they're looking at an offensive tackle and maybe maybe they need help on the offensive line, but another another dude that could take some pressure off of uh, Justin Fields That's would a big, be absolutely. would be a dude like uh, Bijan, man. To be able to have that he catches the ball in the backfield, he's a good pass blocker, he's an all-around good back. It's it's really weird to me though, to your point that he's going to slip. mcshay has got him slipping all the way to 18. The uh uh to the Detroit Lions, and I think what do you have him at?
1: Yeah, Bucky Brooks on uh, NFL Network has him going uh 14 to New England. I think if you're the Philadelphia Eagles, right, you already have one of not the best rosters in the entire NFL. Yes, and you have a 10th pick based on trade you did for the, from the uh Saints, you gotta take him, right? You were this close to winning the Super Bowl. This guy could put you over the top. Imagine that offense. Jalen Hurts, B. John Robinson. You got AJ Brown and Devontae Smith at receiver. Well Dallas Goddard at tight end.
0: It it was it was unstoppable last year. Mm-hmm. Um and but they lost their running back, right? Yeah. So I think you gotta replace it. I don't think you want to I don't know. That's just,
1: and that's just here's me. what I think. Honestly, I know I'm a homer, I know I'm biased. But I genuinely feel like he's going to be one of the best running backs in the NFL, and I believe is going to happen as a rookie. I think he's going to have the same type of impact that Adrian Peterson had as a rookie, that Saquon Barkley had as a rookie. That's the kind of impact I believe he's going to have this year. He's going to be a pro Bowl level player as a rookie. That's how good I think he is. He's not as
0: good as Adrian Peterson.
1: I'm not saying he's as good as Adrian Peterson, because Adrian Peterson is not human. But I, 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 would, but I, have I a Similar impact as a. I will grant
0: you Saquon Barkley for sure, though. Like for real, um, uh, I think he's different than even like a Todd Gurley, though. You know, I yeah. just, uh, I, I think he's just a little more dynamic. I mean, I think he's gonna. I think he's definitely a better running back than like Joe Mixon, and they love Mixon at Cincinnati. Yeah. That was, you know,
1: they haven't been able to get the best out of him though from a running, you know. With the running game, I think that offensive lineman have a lot to do with it too. He doesn't seem to have a lot of time when they a lot of holes. Uh, Oklahoma,
0: the only person that was even in consideration for a top round or first round pick was Anton Harrison, but in the latest mocks, he's dropping into the middle of the second round. Some of them have him a high third rounder. Um,
1: We'll see, man.
0: He's
1: He's an offensive lineman, man. I think he's a good player. It wouldn't surprise me if he snuck
0: into the bottom of the first round at all. It's it's got to be a team that just has a need, you know, and it's it's right there, and they haven't. And the mock guys didn't figure, you know, the tackles are hard to find. Them. Um, so. Mims, Eric Gray, Wanya Morris are all projected fourth rounders, and then Jalen Redmond for Oklahoma is on the bubble of even being drafted. I, the only one of those that I still contend should have stayed is Marvin Mims. I think Marvin Mims makes more money if he stays another year. Yeah, I think he moves a fourth round pick. Marvin yeah. Mims was a great receiver. Like he's a talented receiver, and if he could like have moved up to the second round, I mean it's a lot of money, dude. It's a it it's a lot. a lot. It's a lot
1: of money over a three year period. You know, so I still think I'm that was the to one. See where he goes, man. Because this, I think. When it's, Either way, right? Wherever he goes, I think he's going to be a fan favorite and he's going to make an impact as a receiver and potentially as a returner. What other Longhorns are going to be drafted this weekend? We'll have Roshan Johnson, right? Yep. The other running back. Um, DeMarvian was will be drafted. I'm not sure where. You know, you hear everything from third round to fifth round with him. You know, he's a rangy guy. He's still learning the linebacker position. He's a pretty dynamic athlete for the linebacker position. You still learn that he's going to be a great special teams player right away. That's how he makes an impact right away while he continues to develop at linebacker.
0: I, I could see Overshone being like one of those players that never really popped at Texas, but get into the league with a good defensive coordinator and a good scheme and be like a really exciting player in the league. Yeah, does Especially
1: that make, you make it no you're you're, you're exactly right? It, it, it's kind of
0: like some it's kind of like some of OU's secondary players, you know, like they were so the bad role and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. then they get in they get in the league and they make plays and they instant starters, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so I really think that's a I think Overshone has got the, just the build and the athleticism that if he can get with the right uh the right, like I said, the right scheme, right coordinator, right position coach. Um, that you're, you know, Texas fans going like, where was this at at Texas? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. how come I never saw this against Oklahoma? You know, I, uh, I just, I could see that from him. I don't see that in Oklahoma's side of the things. Eric Gray could be a good back,
1: man. You know I like Eric Gray. I like Eric Gray more than you could ever like Eric Gray. I think he's gonna be good, man. I think he's gonna be all right. You think he's, you think he's big enough? You think he's big enough? I think he's fine. I mean, he's, he's on the smaller side. What did he? Do you know what he weighed in at? At the combine. I have no idea. Let me check it out real quick. He's going kind to, of, I, I like his versatility. I think he can catch the ball well. Um,
0: while you're pulling that up, let me give a shout out to Ryan Hibble and the OU men's golf team, Big 12 champions, second year in a row. Um, listen, dude, he's the best college golf coach in the country. It's, it's not even close. Um, he's really, really good. That team is going to be really, really good. They sh- could have, should have won it last year. Made it to the play, uh, match play, but they'll they'll be there again this year. And Texas did not show out in the. Uh, they finished like fourth in the Big Twelve.
1: Yeah, I mean, what, what are they, two years or last year, right? They won the national championship. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. But uh, awesome
0: yeah, I'm excited about uh, I'm excited about golf.
1: Eric by the way, at the combine, I'm measuring it at five nine and a half. 207
0: pounds mm, who, who is that compared to in the league
1: you know I don't really see a comparison but I don't know I'm not sure you know There's I just Miles Sanders was his comparison oh, here on NFL Network okay
0: yeah well, uh, well get, you know what get drafted by the Cowboys get drafted by the Cowboys and back up uh, uh, back up the kid who's uh, Pollard back up Pollard
1: yeah right yeah, I'm, I'm a nice spot for him. Hopefully, he recovers okay from that injury he had in
0: the Tampa game. That was bad. Yeah, well, I, they must yeah. think yeah. he did if, if they if they were willing to cut Zeke or trade him or whatever yeah. they did to him. Yeah, they cut him. I don't even know if he's on a team yet. I thought That's he got picked great. up by I thought he got picked up by Dinner. Okay. We'll see, man.
1: I still think he's got a little bit left, but I mean, his best days are certainly behind him. But again, man, he was so good with Dallas. i, I got no problem. Um with uh, Zeke Elliott and how it went for him, especially during those uh, first four years.
0: Well, now I don't
1: see where he got picked. No,
0: he's not on the team team team. yet.
1: Yeah, no, he's still out there. But he's probably just waiting. I think he's just – it'll probably be – and teams are probably going to wait until after the draft, right, once the draft is over. That's probably when some of these free agent guys will start signing because they don't want to sign somewhere and then they draft a guy who's, you know,
0: Maybe it was Samajee. Did Samajee Piran get signed by by Denver? I think he did. Maybe that's who I'm thinking of. I mean, I know that they're different players, but I know somebody. Yeah, no, no, you're right. You're right Right. about that.
1: Yeah,
0: Denver Broncos. Yeah, 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 Denver Broncos. Yep. So, well, anyway, man, listen, dude. I watching hearing that spring game and watching it just got me excited enough to go. Why the heck do we have to wait so long for football? Like, dude, I, I. Let's see we, we, got May, that, we got May, June, July, all of August. I mean, dude, that's Five four months. months. That. Yeah. Four months, dude. I, I don't listen. I, I got when I saw the defensive players making plays. I maybe I maybe I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. Maybe I'm just too excited. I know I, I know I'm a fanboy. I get all that, but dude, I'm I'm ready for some football already. too, man. I'm excited for Texas defense this year. I think you
1: know, third year. The great thing for Texas is, is that you know, it's the first time in a long time that they've had staff continuity for a while. You know, with the last two coaches, with uh, Charlie Strong and with Herman, they're just constantly new offensive coordinator, new defensive coordinator, new this, new that. Just every year, guys are getting fired. It's are talking about these are guys leaving for, you know, promotions or better jobs somewhere else. Yeah. So, uh, at least so far, with Sark staff, the only guy they've had to replace is a running backs coach who left because he's now the head coach at Temple University, Stan Drake, and That was after the first year. You know, they have uh former OU players. That's just our choice at running back's have done a good job too. So Yeah, man, right on
0: the season. Let's go. Uh Kevin, great show, great fifty third episode. Um uh let's uh let's get fired up for the draft tomorrow. Boomer.
1: Welcome. Okay.